We have lost two EPS officers this morning, 35-year-old Constable Travis Jordan and 30-year-old Constable Brett Ryan responding to a family violence call. And we're going to get into what that exactly means and what dangers these officers face when they respond to calls like this, family violence, domestic violence. And are they well enough equipped to deal with these situations that are quite dangerous and unpredictable. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, but I would love to hear your thoughts and and just what it is that you're feeling as an Edmontonian trying to trying to come to grips with this happening here in our community. Now, there will be a vigil that's going to be held tonight. This is not open to the public. This is only open to um, uh, retired and active members of EPS. Uh, but uh, you can imagine what that's going to feel like tonight. And I, I think it's something to, to really to acknowledge that all Already, there are these organized events where they can come together and they can they can just be each other's support system because it really is a tight knit community. We're going to try and get some perspective about what that community really looks like from a former EPS officer. Uh, Dan Jones is a retired EPS member, uh, spent some time with the gangs unit and the homicide team, and he's the associate chair of justice studies at Norquest College. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate getting your perspective on this tough story today. Thank you for having me, and it's been a horrible day for so many people, but it's also been a day of people coming together and, you know, being there for each other, which is the positive side of the police family. And and that's really what it seems to be from the outside looking in is really is a family and a really a tight-knit community, as I just mentioned. And I don't take for granted the fact that, Dan, I mean, this is... This is really fresh for you, and as a former EPS member, you've been retired now for a few years, and I, and I understand that you didn't know these two officers personally. I'm sure that you're feeling this from the from the people that you did work with that do still serve, or even just as someone who was familiar with that those situations. So I just really appreciate you speaking to it when it's still very raw. No, I, I appreciate that, and you're right. It, it, it's, you feel it because you've been in the places that these folks have been in and you know you think about you know all the people that you know it's it's an interesting job very few jobs when someone has a death on a job does the the job not stop right right? most job sites will shut down everyone goes home the brave members of the eps are this happens and they're taking the call right away again right and they know that we they've lost you know members of the family and then they just have to go on about their business and keep doing their work. And I can tell you from uh, the, one of the first people I talked to this morning was my father. My father is a retired police officer as well. He's been re- retired for almost 25 years, and he was devastated too. Uh, it's it just it's just the way that you know the, the 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 police family is because we are the first responders that we all know what each other goes through. And a devastation, I think, is such a good word for it. You know, in within EPS and as a as a city, as we try to wrap our heads around something like this happening, there's a few different reactions. I mean, of course, there's shock, there's there's grief, there's condolences for the families, and then there's there's anger and there's frustration, and there is just this desire for answers, Dan. And I think so many people are really desperate for them. There's so many questions about the shooter and and what 
really happened, but also questions about how well-equipped these officers are. And I want to read you a text that we got earlier, and, and I'd like to get your perspective on this. Uh, I'm not going to name this this texter, but they say that they are an EPS spouse, and they say that officers responding to domestic calls used to kick in doors with guns drawn. Early this year, EPS officers got in big trouble for doing that at domestic calls. Where do you think that their heads were going to this call? This should have never happened. So are our officers equipped well enough to deal with these violent situations? Well, it, these ones, like this one, I don't know that I don't know anything about the situation other than what what Chief McPhee has said on right. the on the on the radio. And to me, this sounds like a ambush type act. Um, and I don't think you can ever be prepared for that. I think those ones are unfortunately unfortunately tragic, and it makes it very very difficult very very difficult to you know look at what happened or what didn't happen i understand the frustration especially from members of the ups and especially from spouses i i i uh, i think partners of police officers are they're they're heroes that they're unsung heroes and sorry i'm hitching a little bit here but like i know that for me um having you know my my spouse um there was days where she didn't know anything and 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 they 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 support you when you get home and this is just a tragedy for everybody um and i you know i don't want to second guess anything i don't want to put blame on anyone right i just want to think that you know what we we need to rally around the organization Uh, and i think one of the things that and i've said this a couple of times today is you know the last two years of policing have been the have been tough there's been there's been not a lot of positive things said about the police um by media and social media as a result of the tragic murder of George Floyd. But you've got, I think we as a, as a community and as a city need to rally around this organization and show that we do support them and that we do love them and that we do support their families too. I, I want you to touch on that because there are people that say, well, look, this is a result of, of big social justice movements that that did call for reformations in the way that in the way the police are funded. The defund of the police movement continues to get brought up. And and I want you to speak to that, Dan, but we do have to take a little bit of a break. We as a city are coming together to try to wrap our heads around two EPS officers killed in the line of duty early this morning, Constable Travis Jordan and Constable Brett Ryan. And I'm speaking now to a former EPS officer. He's a retired EPS member, spent time with the gangs unit and the homicide team, Dan Jones. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for, for sticking around on hold. I know that today is a is a busy one for you and you yourself are, are processing this news in a unique way. So thank you so much for sticking around. Glad to have you here. No problem at all. You know, Dan, you were just kind of touching on it, and and I'd like to get a little bit more of your thoughts about the the perception of the police over the last couple of years, because the the conversation has been coming up on our text line about the idea of defunding the police. And, you know, maybe this situation is a result of changes being made to the way the police are funded. What do you say to that? Well, I, I say that that I think that when we're looking at the concept of defund the police, um, and that's a desire for police reform and different things. I don't think these are the same conversation. I think this is an unfortunate incident that occurs when a police officer is killed. And, and sometimes I worry, and I have no academic evidence to say this, but the more we, we talk about the police being, you know, unsafe or we need something different and we, we delegitimize that group, does it become easier then 
for someone to do this mm-hmm. and that that expectation of well they're 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 bad people because of the police because that discourse has has gone from defund the police to abolish the police to there's no safety with the police around and those things are to me they're scary i think we need to absolutely fund the police properly but we also need to fund social services and social things properly as well and all the systems have to be looked at in this case right I know nothing about the individual who did the shooting, but I'm going to bet money that this individual has touched systems before, whether it was in school having behaviors, whether it was by the police, whether it was in the community. And we've probably failed this individual multiple times, resulting in this tragic event. And I think we need to start really looking at all of our systems and how do we then be responsive and understanding that we as a society need to do better so that these tragedies don't occur. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And I, I want to clarify, too, that, I mean, I think at the heart of it, those conversations about police reform were based on providing adequate resources on all levels when it comes to social services, when it comes to making sure that the police are adequately prepared to go into situations. I think the idea that you're speaking about, about abolishing police is it is scary and I think creates the situation where, you know, you really wonder where that would leave us as a, as a society. So uh, thank you for clarifying that. Now, I do want to touch on the fact that we have had a lot of violent situations happen in Edmonton. I mean, this is a story that I think immediately people are going to think, well, this doesn't happen here. Well, there are a lot of reports of violent situations happening in our city, even in within the last six days, six reports of violence involving guns, involving stabbings. What do you think is going on when it comes to this increase in violence here in our community? I, I think it's hard to to, to put any cor- correlation or or causation to any of it because um, even when I was in homicide, I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2011, we had eight homicides in nine days. And that wasn't something that we would see in Edmonton normally either. So sometimes things just spike up and there's no real explanation. And we try to, we try to rationalize irrational behavior. And I think that's a, that's a challenge for us. Um, we also, unfortunately, uh, sometimes we, we, we glom onto it and we're like, oh, we're unsafe, the city's unsafe. Uh, and, and that may or may not be true, but what I think is actually happening is you're just seeing a spike and it'll probably level out again, um, as it oftentimes does, because these spikes of violence do occur. It's just, and there's no real rhyme or reason as to why they do. Uh, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things that happens in policing because it's not a predictable um, occupation. Hmm. Well, Dan, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. Uh, again, I want to acknowledge that this is obviously very fresh and very raw, and I can't thank you enough for speaking to it. Thank you so very much for having me. Of course. That's Dan Jones, retired EPS member who, uh, as we mentioned, spent time with the gangs unit and the homicide team. He's the associate chair of justice studies at Norquest College.